This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Credit Karma. You can see your credit score right now absolutely free. I promise. No bait and switch. There is no credit card needed. Start taking your credit score seriously by visiting creditkarma.com slash save to get your free credit report today. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. All right, morons, welcome to the show. My name is Matt. If you're new here, that's because you just came to hear the Jake Lures interview, which is going to be great. And I tell you what, I won't bore you with the rest of my intro. I won't bore you with this stupid loser podcast that we do with Toby and Joey. Now, you just skip right on ahead to 22 minutes. Go go directly there right now. You want to listen to us rambling on, saying stuff, using bad language, whatever it's going to be. Anyway, the big news, the best thing, what I'm pumped about, and I mean it sincerely, is the Emory Acoustic stuff. I'm gearing up for the trip, picking out some microphones and what gear we're going to travel with, what guitar. We're playing in Texas next week on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. The venues are secured. We've sent out the email with the locations of where we're going to be. We cannot wait to do it. All the shows sold out, and then we opened up more tickets. So there are a few more tickets still available, but the shows are larger than we thought they would be. This event is more successful than we thought it would be, so I can go ahead and announce to you, don't worry, we're going to come other places. We're going to go to every region we possibly can. We're going to do that for, that's something we're going to make time to do all year long this year. Cannot wait to do it. We'll send you some songs or some video once we get out on the road. So if you want to check that out, there's still a few tickets left at emoryacoustic.com. All right, let's get to the episode. It's a bad Christian podcast. It's a bad Christian podcast. All you sons of bitches out there, open up your ears. Because open up about, your hearts. It's about open to get, up your wallets. It's about to get real. <laughs> Joe, you're violating the cussing too early on in the episode. Really yeah, again. I mean it's really uncomfortable. I have no problem with the with the phrase "sons what? of bitches." Okay, so okay. say all the cuss words that you feel are appropriate <laughs> to say within the first two minutes. <laughs> yeah, of the podcast, uh, appropriate. Yep. I mean, for I, the first I, two minutes of the podcast, what's right out the gate? I can't okay. say them all. Joey did something really terrible to me today, man. I think I know what you're going to say. And honestly, what else is? I don't, what do you do this I, I time? I typically would never do. That. I don't know what got into me. I was just like, screw it. I'm okay. going to say it. What is the? Go ahead, Toby. What's the number one thing that churches like to talk about? Um, let me guess on this one. Themselves, yep. their church, <laughs> and what they're doing. So, J- Pastor Joey. If he was to stand up in front of a church and talk about bad Christian, what would he talk about? That we cuss or something? I don't know. No, he would just talk about what bad Christian is. And what oh, what it is and what it's, what it's doing. accomplishing and what we've yeah, set yeah, out to yeah. do. When we set yeah. out to do this thing, we did X, Y, and Z, and we're actually <laughs> yep. seeing yep. We actually one, see, two, and yeah. three. He, he said, how many people you guys are, assholes, how many people are attending Seacoast now because of bad Christian? That's what <laughs> that's he said. Yes, I could be wrong. But did if I'm right, that? that's kind of confirming. He, at least. He, yeah. That what? We yeah, attract people to Seacoast? Yeah, he's like, hey, I just want to know. A lot of you guys know, so I'm going to take free reign here because Pastor Greg brought it up. 
you know, and Josh brought it up that we're, we're going to talk about the podcast. I'm gonna, uh, the podcast really is. It's really cool. The land of disclaimers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man, it lasts forever, and it's just pretty smooth. He said, it you know, over. so many people now are attending Seacoast that are bad Christian listeners, and we're just really glad that we can work together. And then, pa- then Pastor Josh had to make a big dis- disclaimer because he was like, "Hey, listen." Really awesome. That's so cool. You guys do that. We don't agree on everything, and I wouldn't let your kids listen to it. And you know, you know, there's things that we agree on, and then there's things that we don't, obviously. And and I was just like, it was so really we funny. have. So it's both the land yeah. of disclaimers before and right. apologists apologizing after the fact to further clear it up. Right, right, right. That's what so, you have to do so, in church. So Joey, though, it's I just sat there because here's what's funny. Joey is the, a pastor of a campus at our at our church mm-hmm. i mean joey's fairly high up in the whole r- rung you know he is one of the campus pastors and so uh everybody knows joey nobody really knows me like i'm a worship leader maybe maybe some people know i was in emory or in uh, i am in emory and uh you keep a low profile my man and i'm just sitting keep there and everybody's looking at me and joey and they know me because of the uh, now because of the shit and fart jokes I make or they, whatever. They, a lot of people know you as the guy in Emory. You, you came with a little it's bit not, of fame. Uh, listen, that is not that true. It's just not that true. Joey, Joey that's what I was going to say. It's just so frustrating. I, the worst possible thing in the world is sitting in a room with like 200 people <laughs> and they're talking about your podcast and your friends just talking about it and standing beside you or standing in that same room and Joey goes, yep, this guy was in Emory and then walks off. Like It's just <laughs> devastating to me because that I hate that feeling of, I'm doing something or you should or you should recognize me because I'm I'm at work with my podcast or with my mm-hmm. band or whatever. I hate that feeling. I just don't want anybody to know me that way. It immediately changes the dynamic to where right. it puts it just it makes it not work well for them. It puts you in a different category of other people and then inserts like a, a dumb version of small talk as the only possibility for what's about to happen. Yeah. Takes you off equal playing field. Yeah, and it makes me feel like I, that's where I have to start. That I was in this, uh, that you know, I've been touring all over the world, and that I'm doing this podcast, and that uh, you know, I've been in a band forever, and I, like that's where I have to start when I just meet somebody. I'm just right. Toby. I'm not, uh, and that's the truth. I'm not trying to be super humble here. It makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, eh, I'd way rather right. hear about your plumbing job or that what's, your, what's going on at your campus or something. Then Toby, that, I don't have a plumbing. Job. So you mean to tell me you've been all over the world, sold half a million records, played shows and been to 49 <laughs> or 50 States. You've done this for 10 years, followed your dream. People all around the world think you're famous and listen to you hours and hours a week. Well, how's that going? And by the way, here's your <laughs> FedEx package. <laughs> it, it, well, it was really funny though. Here's where I, the way I like it. If it just comes up in conversation, that that's great. I'm totally okay. Yeah, I've been in a band because most people mm-hmm. only think of bands as successful or good as, as if they were on the radio and they heard of them. You know right. what I mean? Like that's my my dad wouldn't know. You well, know, the, the premise, my dad goes, "Oh yeah, Robert Plant, that, that guy's in a band, or you know, from the '70s or '80s. He knows '70s, '80s bands, or Taylor Swift or something like that." But the band that I've been in, people go, "Oh, that's just a little band." They don't they don't start with, "Oh, that was." Is as big as it really is. Yeah. They it's don't like, understand. You know, Robert, sold yeah, so many probably get asked if you, you you guys. So you guys have a demo or a CD? Oh yeah, totally. Somebody asked me the other day a new one because times have changed so much. They said, like, it was somebody I was on a flight with, and they're like, "Wait a minute, like, are you are you on Google Play?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I can I can. But hold on, one, one thing, one last thing. What was that actually happened at church today though? Because I sat beside this couple, and uh, it was I immediately it was like, "Oh no, here we go." And they go to another another campus. They're like, "Oh, oh yeah, honey, remember I was telling you he's the, he's the guy in Emory." I was like, "Oh shoot, here we go." And then they just told me how their son 
liked our band mm-hmm. and they just and it was so fun because they were just saying yeah our son and we didn't know what to do um it was the best decision we ever made but when we first heard that screamo we told him no we were really against it we would not let him listen to it and then we made the decision that we're going to and it was one of the best decisions we've ever made and, it, and i was like it was so fun because they were like just really innocent and nice and being really honest like you know to them hearing screamo music was like what do we do and then they're like no we love our son he's gonna play the drums and it was really funny the dad said dad said yeah i mean he was upstairs and pretty soon on the drums he got really good then he got that double bass pedal. <laughs> he said that wasn't too good. And then after a while, it got good. You know, he's upstairs, but you you know you sit downstairs and under that drum the whole time. But and I was just like, this is great because they're talking about their son. And all, that that is wonderful. That's not me them doing it. Like it was that's just called really people fun. bringing something to the conversation exactly without dominating it or putting now, you on the spot. Totally. Now, for the record, I pretty much agree with what Toby's saying. And I, as I was saying it, I was even like, I, this is super uncared. I don't, I don't know why I'm doing this. But the print, Matt, to give you more context, the, the whole context was tell me something good. So he wanted to hear. <laughs> He's got to clear it up for no, you. No, seriously. He wanted to hear what good things were going on. And I was just In like, our church. Well, and a lot of it is about people coming to the church and stuff. I was just like, well, hell, mm-hmm. I mean, self-validation hours. I, I got it. I, I got I, it. I'm super scared though. Cause now somebody else is going to listen and they Good just, they're not going to understand you, it. You know, that's not going to people. People don't understand this. I don't yeah. think Well, how, some people do. And I uh, know lots of people do, but I think a lot of people inside church go, that's just bad. Well, you know, what, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's crazy. No Christian there. It's just bad. How you is know, it? Explain to me real quick on the other end, without me being accusing, how is that whole thing you're talking about not just get together to brag about ourselves and our thing? Well, because I think that you it's have encouraging, to, I guess. You have to lend some credence to the fact that there's some genuine care about people getting to know Jesus. Now, do I think that those can always be completely pure desires? Of course not. It's always mm-hmm. muddied, but I, I I definitely don't think everybody just wants to set out and brag about stuff. I don't. I mean, I just. I mean, the thing is, like, I just like the idea of just doing bad Christian and good stuff happening, and then like we get emails and letters all the time. Like, I, I was. We're, we're even going to bring up that one. I don't know if we have time today, but that last email we got about the guy that was drinking and in porn and just. Listen to the podcast. I don't bring those up because it makes Matt uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only reason I'm bringing it up because that is super awesome. Like I was yeah. like, whoa, that was really good. Matt, you even forwarded it to us. Yeah. What I'm saying that is, make, I don't. Joey's got a blanket category there that makes me uncomfortable. There's a way to do it and a way right. to not do it. The way <laughs> well, to do it is check out what we're doing, like yeah. the church does there. The well, good what, way to do it is give Seth and David Taylor, who were on one of our previous episodes, a lot of right. props because oh, they were man, awesome. Yeah. That interview was awesome, and somebody sent them. An uh, email regarding well, what that interview did for email. I'd be happy. No, no, that's to the do one that. I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, the thing that I, here's what I think is really cool is the only thing that I think bad Christian doing is making other people go, oh wait, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm kind of normal. I can be a Christian and be normal. This sure. isn't like super bad. I don't have to be uh, extradited from the church or whatever it might be. I can't. Be, I can be a part of the church and also who I am. Yeah. Uh, even if that's wrong, and maybe that'll get better. I hope. But anyway. I, I do think all those things are cool, but the thing, the number one thing I hate though is just like literally today I was sitting there and I'm just sitting there kind of looking down while Joe talks about the amazing <laughs> things bad Christian are doing for Seacoast. For <laughs> <laughs> <Poor> Seacoast. <laughs> and everybody clapped. <laughs> and my attitude typically is don't listen to it. It's not worth anything anyway. Just stay, don't worry about it. It's oh, just something man. I do to goof off. 
Yeah. Hey, well, uh, speaking of emails, we Joey's have- the shit around our, our church, though. He's he's the go to guy to crack everybody up. Like I, I promise you, I like to look when Joey gets the mic. I like to look around and see everybody. Everybody immediately starts grinning because they know somebody's going to do Here something, and then, and then somebody's going to make fun of Joey, and he'll make fun of them back, and it's going to be this is fun time. Yeah. When Joey gets the mic, every single time we're at like All Staff or something. It's fun time. He's in his niche. He needs not change career at any point with this podcast or that job. He has these people in the palm of his hand. (laughs) (laughs) You do. You do. You don't don't like, you don't like, hey, this is, this is his not liking it. But I promise your sense of humor when you're on, on, that is like your wheelhouse. Oh yeah. Wheelhouse. (laughs) It is. All right. So, uh, we, we actually get flat the, the other way, um, as well with people thinking that I would kill if you could be that awesome on spirit. <laughs> so there's some people that think that we're uh too crazy with the language and as Toby says dick and fart jokes but then there's some people that think we're I said too penis. Yeah, we're yes. we're too uh legalistic and mean-spirited and judgmental. You're we kidding. got we got another letter from someone about Bethel which I, I wanted to bring this up to you guys. We've got a lot of Bethel listeners. Hell yeah. Good <laughs> Lord. Bethel freaks. It's crazy. We got some Bethel freaks up in the house. Well, what's crazy, though, is... Showing out, Bethel. I have to say that I stereotypified them as a certain group of people in a certain way. This is the most cussing we ever get in letters from people. It's from well, people Bethel show out church. when they send it. But that's, well, that's the great news California that people, <laughs> left coasters. Really, so anyway, I thought this, like this letter was uh, noteworthy enough to bring up. I, I don't have this guy's name, uh, but basically, I'm going to pick out a couple of parts. Just call him Verdict. One of them is uh, Matt will go to the great extent to say that conspiracy theories are ridiculous because there's no way so many people should be involved in a cover-up without it coming out, but will quickly suggest that the leadership at Bethel Church would fake things Ooh. like gold dust and no one Ooh. would know or come out about it. Matt! I Matt. almost always agree with you, man, but this time You're you busted, are full dude. of shit. Oh, you got busted. I used to intern there. I know the building. I know the way the staffing works. I have a relative who uh, works in upper leadership, so I know a little bit about how that works. My own mother saw the gold dust once and videotaped it. <laughs> wow. And then wow. this was Tell great. Tell me, send us the tape. This is great. I, I'll skip a bunch, but he said, Matt came to Jesus because of memes, for Christ's sake. <laughs> mimes, he meant, he meant. mimes. 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 Sorry. And then uh, memes. memes. <laughs> and then uh, he ends it by saying, "And Joey, I was a dick to Matt first because I figured you would like that, but I haven't forgotten about you. You believe in conspiracy theories; they are unlikely. I think you believe in ghosts; those are unnatural. You believe in Jesus, the most supernatural being of all time. You believe that mm-hmm. God became a man, rose from the dead, and ascended with his body to heaven from a mountain." Yet when supernatural stuff comes up on the podcast, you get pretty quiet or maybe apprehensive. Let's let's mm-hmm. be fair, shall we? We all think something. We all think some things that are crazy. And Toby, you're just a sweetheart. I can't say Thanks. anything mean to you. Oh, maybe wow. this email will give you guys a laugh. Anyway, wow. I, I do think it's maybe I was wrong about I, Bethel. I do Me think too. it's interesting. Like, is 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 there anything wrong? with us talking about stuff that we don't have full knowledge of and just giving our opinions and maybe being wrong. Is it wrong to say stuff when we could be wrong? I don't think so. We're just talking. We don't know. It's not wrong to say I don't believe that because I don't. But right, and, but, and I responded to him, and and you know, basically, a pre, and he he loves the podcast, and it really was a very positive email. Sure, no, that's uh, obviously just, a cool yeah. listener and somebody like that's engaged, guy. and you know, I love seeing that that people 
from is stereotypes are it's, it's nice that the information we have is proven stereotypes less and less the case people like all kinds of music people that go to bethel listen to this and cuss i mean right. you know that's really a cool thing to see but maybe i have to come around and, and hear their point of view because i was at a church a couple of weeks ago Uh-oh. and they were preaching stuff and the guy got really off like he was teaching like weird universalism and a bunch of stuff like that it was like way out there and yeah. uh Pure shit started flying down <laughs> on everybody from the scene. It was Whoa. disgusting. But wow. Pure you know, shit. yeah, it's kind of the opposite, obviously. Heavenly but, feces, right? No, it was from the sky. hellish feces sprayed across the whole audience because of the the preaching of the things of of God. You twisted. are going to go to so, hell, man. Like it happened. No, there's yeah. no hope for you. It the happened. Sad, yeah. The saddest part is nobody really noticed because they were on their phones. <laughs> I like this guy though. I just I'm never going to believe gold, gold dust, dust until I see it with my own eyes. And especially when you say somebody said that they saw it, mm-hmm. that immediately is a warning red 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 alarm for me cuz I just can't I just if gold dust fell from my ceiling right now, I still wouldn't think it was the Lord cuz I have no clue of why the Lord would send me gold dust through my ceiling. <laughs> like there, there's a, there's no like they say the case, it's when they're talking about the things of God, those things happen. That's yeah, but I mean, say. what is, I'm, I know, but I mean, wouldn't it Sometimes. seems like it would just be something else? Like, uh, it just that doesn't make any sense. Well, to me, the, but, they claim hey, that I, happens in their in their church and a lot of their other churches, but there aren't other yeah. churches that that it. So it happens at this Bethel Main Church and their satellite campuses. It happens, they say, but there aren't other churches there. I mean, at least there's other churches that it would be happening at that aren't in the Bethel system. That would be yeah, the only true. thing that makes no sense to me. If it was a widespread thing across churches that had similar theology, because certainly they don't have purely unique theology and are the only ones talking about the things of God, then you would hear it from other places at least as well. It wouldn't be uniquely proprietary phenomenon of what happens at their uh, only their locations. Yeah. Well, Bethel's doing good. They got like kick-ass music or popular music. I I want to say, and uh, I I wanted to figure out a way of working this into the podcast. And I just don't think that, I I think both of y'all would be frustrated with even the suggestion of playing something from a former bad Christian episode. But Toby went off on the gold dust on episode 152 (laughs) around the 13 minute mark. And I was in my car dying laughing. And this is a conversation I had already been a part of. But I was just like, what Toby is saying right now is so hilarious because the things you were saying were so witty, and yet you were very, very, very <laughs> angry, and it was just so funny. So I, Toby's I at his best when he's angry because he's not filtering at that point. So once he gets rolling, he yep. has access to his wit and his quickness and his defensiveness and all the things. Right, and he doesn't that qualify anything. Right. He doesn't go right. back and say, well, no, that's, that's the thing is he will go back and say, and I know, blah, 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 but then... He'll he, jump back he, in. He, he almost regrets saying that. So it's just like, yeah. no, I'm getting back into this and I'm going to even escalate it. So, yeah, absolutely. Y'all shut up and leave me alone. I, you know, I'm kind of scared like that, like being angry is my vitality. <laughs> so, as I get old, you know, like as you get older, you become like a nice grandpa or whatever. I'm just going to be real boring. Like, I, I would love to stay a mad, angry, a, a mad, angry. Never mind, man. Yeah, forget it. Just forget it. I wish I could say that some of the things you did were witty and awesome. Hey, I'm witty and all staff. That's it. That's it. No, why can't you bring that? You're on fire sometimes. People love it. Christians love you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> they do. <laughs> I mean, you are loved by Christians everywhere. You need to. That, I actually thought maybe you should become a Christian comedian. A Christian like just get comedian. get a Not good a five idea. minutes. Give me a break. Get a good five minutes and then just light it up. Give me a break. What do you mean? You're a great speaker. You're hilarious. You're you have so much bad shit that happens to you to talk. Plenty about. of material. You just gotta awesome. work it out. Anyway, are we gonna bring on our guest or what? Yeah, let's talk to Jake. Well, I tell you what, I've been checking into my credit score lately, and it has been the most simple process, not confusing at all, and most importantly, completely free. And I know you guys have got to know what business I'm talking about right now. I don't even have to guess. Credit Karma. Bam. Love it. Because that's the only one that does it that way. Yeah, totally. Credit Karma is awesome. First of all, it's super easy to use. I mean, it's just amazing that a company would be this user-friendly, especially for somebody dumb and slow on computers mm-hmm. like me. Uh, credit Karma offers a truly free credit report, and there's no strings attached. No credit card required, guys. Neat app, too. My oh, gosh. Man. Download that sucker. It's just so easy. So we're, we're, we think you should go to creditkarma.com slash save right now to get a free report. Again, there's no strings attached. You're not paying anything. And uh, i tell you what, man. It, it's it's yep. totally worth it and it keeps you updated it's very very non-obtrusive it's it just kind of works mm-hmm. in within your personality and what you want when you want to yeah know everybody it. out there has done yep. all these new year's resolutions you might not ever get to those crunches that you swear you're going to do but you can feel more confident about your finances this year with credit karma yeah when joey says it's worth it i mean here's what he means it's worth it as in first of all it's free and it takes only seconds and you actually get your credit score and that's the first step to understanding your finances and then what you do after that. So it really is something that you can just ask 45 million people, including me, that have done it. See where your credit's at. Make wise decisions going forward. Go to creditkarma.com slash save. Do that today. No excuses, folks. Jake. Hey, buddy. How you doing? What's going on? Hey, Jake. What's up, dog? Jake. What's up? <laughs> We are joined now officially. Anytime I talk to you or introduce you, I had to say, uh, we are joined now by Grammy-nominated musician, Jake Hell yeah. So congratulations, buddy. I know that might be all you're hearing every time you do an interview or even talk to your friends or family, huh? Uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, uh, just top of the, one of the first things that people, especially people that I haven't, you know, hung out with or talked to in a while uh they definitely bring that up and it's um you know i mean it's it's cool for sure like i definitely didn't think that um the grammys would ever recognize um bands in our genre of music you know Mm -hmm. but um yeah they're i guess they're really trying to you know dig deeper as far as um the metal scene is concerned and um it was funny when you know when we found out we have like a little small group chat with our band and and our manager and he uh you know our manager texted us and said hey good morning guys um uh congratulations you guys were just nominated for a grammy and you know uh i I mean i was like half asleep man and i just looked at this text message and you know like there's like the dove awards there's the apmas there's all this kind of stuff and so i was like what like a grammy like a real grammy you know what i mean because like that just wasn't that was never part of the plan and you know we never thought that uh that, that would ever happen so yeah i mean it's pretty i didn't cool. i didn't understand it or believe it at first really i was like well it must be like for the artwork or something right <laughs> <laughs> did y'all yeah. go to the grammys do you get invited yeah yeah we're going um oh it hadn't happened yet 
Yeah, oh, I no, thought it already happened. Okay. No, no, it's uh, February fifteenth, um, I believe, in LA, and um, so we're all flying out there with, you know, some friends and family and stuff, and um, you know, it's uh, I think we're up against, uh, let's see, Seven Dust, Slipknot, mm-hmm. um, a band called Ghosts, and uh, Lamb of God. So, you know, it's I mean, competition. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome that any that, all, that any of those bands that win, I'll be thrilled that one of them won a Grammy. Though that's still really cool. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It makes me think immediately when you say that is, and I'm optimistic that you guys will win, and I hope that you do, and I think that you might. But if that if I were you right now, I'd think, man, now I've got to talk about all this and say all this stuff, and now I've got to take my wife and all our bandmates, and we're gonna have to fly out there to L.A. and get hotels and spend all that money, oh, probably buy a dress and a tux, and we're not even gonna win. Well, you might like win, actually though. a bird hey, put win. on it if you got nominated for a grant. <laughs> that's that's true. All that time and effort put into uh, something that within seconds, you know, you're just going <laughs> home with your tail between your legs. I mean, you know, I think um, you know, obviously the Grammys is is for us anyways and and is a big a big deal. So just even going and being nominated has been uh ha, you know, we're thankful for that, you know. Um so you have like really an idea of what do you have an idea of like what you would say on stage? Are you gonna like if if y'all win, do you get to go up and make a little speech? Yeah, yeah, we do. I would be uh, giving a speech, and um, I would probably just want to hand my Grammy off to uh, to Kanye West because he'd probably know of someone better that deserves That's it right. than I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but will you know when you get there whether or not to have a speech prepared? Though it's not. Is it a surprise, or, or do they tell you maybe the day of or something, or the day before? Well, um, for other things like this like award ceremonies they usually don't tell you um but i don't really know how the grammys i mean mm-hmm. i would assume that they that they keep it a surprise but yeah. um yeah i'm really not sure so i gotta i gotta come up with something and i was thinking you know i was really i was just thinking about grabbing the grammy and being like hey this goes out to bad christian check them out Here's my boys. <laughs> yeah. no I, I was gonna say you should go you know hey guys i just really want to thank you you know in this world like we're in hollywood here and you know, all the sex and sin and all you sick people. And I can't believe a Christian won. Praise God. <laughs> oh, geez. Do yeah. the whole, you know, Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Yeah. <laughs> that, would be, that would be just hilarious. Like, just they're really like, they they invited you guys there and all this stuff and just to just, just destroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like mock them and, and yeah. just talk mad trash and just be like, all right, peace. Drop mic. You know? I'm sure there'll be people that, that look, I mean, you know, that's got to be a reasonable sentiment. It's like, well, wh- how we use the opportunity for Christ. I mean, that's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. got to be something oh, yeah, but somewhere. I mean, but that's an abuse of it. Though. Oh, I mean, yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm saying there's got to be people that are looking at you like, how will you work it in? I mean, you, you can say, right. thank, I, I'll say, thank the Lord and thank God and stuff all the time. That, that's fine because that's a personal thing you're saying about yourself. But to use it to proselytize yeah, at that yeah. moment could only be negative. I think I don't think it would be positive. Now it would be super positive. Like if you do that, Jake, you would be be set for life in the Christian world. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Have a job. Hey, that's the dude that talked about the Lord on the Grammys. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Let's 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 bring him to our church and pay him thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Do you think Jake would be able to pull off, or, and not just Jake specifically, but a person in his position? Do you think they'd be able to pull off saying that 
but it being a joke and getting people to laugh. Like, like if everybody knew he was a Christian, say, hey, I just want to ask. Does everybody, does anybody want to raise their hand if they want to accept Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> An altar call at the Grammys. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, K-West, I know you need him. <laughs> yeah, right. I know you need Jesus. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. I'm actually, that is yeah, congrats, such man. a... I mean, seriously, that had to just come out of left field and be just so neat. You're right, because I, I I never hear about bands, especially heavy bands, being honored mm-hmm. or, or even thought of in the process. So that's really cool, because, I mean, it should be. This uh, opens some doors for Emory. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe one day. We'll, I, hey, I have been nominated and won a Dove Award. Nice. Going, Is that with KJ? With KJ52. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll send you an Emory shirt if you want to wear it. Cut sleeves off and wear an Emory shirt up there to accept. That'd be fine. Yeah, dude. Sure. <laughs> Give me a – yeah, definitely throw some of those throw those, uh, some of those on stage. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't – you know, I don't think it's actually really even hit me at this point. You know what I mean? Because, um, you know, we're on tour and everything, and – of course, our phones, you know, blew up and our families think, you know, um, uh, you know, celebrating us and saying they're proud of us. And that's that's awesome. Like we we're so thankful for our family and, and, and all the support. But I really don't think it's going to hit me until I get there. And I'm like walking, you know, the red carpet and the Grammys and, you know what oh. I mean? Seeing all these people and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's- it, it has to be. It probably will be like one of the greatest things in your career like i mean like literally just i mean just to be nominated to go i mean that that that's seriously amazing like to get to say grammy nominated. Yeah, it'll follow I mean, you forever cool. i mean it'll always be peppered in when somebody's talking about you like it you know it's like it, it's definitely going to be a significant tag on your on your, just who you are that, you know? that right. also i mean i'm jealous because that legitimizes what the, you're not just in some band oh you have a little band oh you know because normal people <laughs> like my family they yep. don't realize that I've I've been in a decently successful band. It's just oh yeah, you know he does that thing, he's whatever, you know, like it's not yeah. real. But like to get that man, that's really cool. I mean, your family, friends, everybody <laughs> has to go. Hey, this is this is legit. This is a seriously yeah. regarded band in the world. That's cool. Yeah. He's a humble yeah. guy now. But Jake, can you imagine any situation in the future when you're doing anything in business or music or producing anything when you look at somebody dead serious, say I was nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> and you have to well, instruct somebody say oh i guess you know well i was nominated for a grammy yeah so so i got a story to tell you and share with you because my buddy isaac um my my good friend isaac he uh you know i called him obviously after all this happened and i was like yeah man it's crazy he goes bro he's like you don't even know he's like let me tell you something jake after the band let's say you just for example want to play ping pong right and you want to go to the championships of ping pong and you're playing ping pong professionally, man. And you just suck. Right. And you get your ass handed to you. He goes, you still win, bro. Cause you're Grammy nominated. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter what you do. And if you lose, you still win. Cause you are Grammy nominated. And I just thought it was funny. It was like, cause you know, obviously he's trying to build me up and stuff and, and you know, it's just making, making jokes, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a part of, you know, August burns red. You know, and, um, you know, it's just one more thing to, to write, solidify us and, and to kind of prove, you know, like, hey, we're, we've been around and to get this recognition and, um, you know, I mean, it, it really does uh, kind of, um, you know, build us up as far as, uh, you know, tours that we want to do and, and just people going, well, who, who are they, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been really good, man. And I, I, I really want to say thanks to Fearless Records because, you know, they really um, pushed for us to be entered into um, the voting process and 
you know, since we've been with Fearless Records, I mean, they've really brought us to just a, an amazing place. And uh, so, you know, I, I have to give credit to them because they've been working really hard with us. Well, I mean, you, your whole band, I mean, the whole story of your band is just, I, it just seems all successful. I mean, I can't even think if it's been ups and downs for you guys. It, I remember before and when your first record came out and it just, I, I don't, I don't know if you're at your peak yet is, is one way to look at it, which is, it's an anomaly all the way, all the way around. I mean, right. just for you to exist is, is not, wouldn't be, wouldn't have been predicted or expected, right? Bands don't even last, how many albums do you have? Six, seven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have six now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Congratulations <laughs> all the way around. Has this, that. like, yeah. that's what I was wondering. Like, I mean, you guys have been around for a while now. Now you're veterans. Like, is this even, like, sparked anything more? Like, man, we'll do this forever. We just got our first Grammy. I mean, how many Grammys you might, you know, first Grammy nomination, how many, how many are you going to win? You know, are, are y'all, is this like light right. and fire, like to do this forever? Do you think the peak of your band could be in the future is what is, is, is the yeah. way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're definitely, I think that definitely put like a little pep in everyone's step, you know, yeah. and, and, um, helped, you know, boost the, the band's, uh, morale. Um, and I think we have intentions of, you know, not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, you know, I mean, obviously as we get older and grow, like, you know, people are having families and, and, um, you know, kids and, and, and things like that, you know, uh, you don't, you don't want to be touring seven months out of the year for your entire life, you know, because sure. you're missing right. out on a lot of great things, totally. um, and memories with family. So, you know, we might tone it back, you know, down the road, obviously, but, uh, yeah, we, we plan on, you know, putting out music for, for quite a while. That's great to hear. So, and so then, uh, the band's so busy, Somehow you're still able to do all your heart support stuff, which has has been going really well. So how's that community doing? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, um, it's doing really, really well. We actually started a program. We just released it like a week ago. The Restore program, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what happened was a year ago we started this campaign called Unite the Scene, and the idea is to literally try to bring these bands to a place of vulnerability and just honesty and, um, share, you know, their hearts to, you know, towards these, their fans. And a lot of bands, you know, came, came on board with us, uh, which has been great. And we really appreciate their support and those relationships. And then, so we said, okay, well, what we want to do is we want to raise, you know, some money and build this, uh, six step program recovery program for kids. And, um, the great thing about it is, we literally did bring a lot of bands with us. We brought 10 different um, artists. There's a uh, Memphis Mayfire, Miss May I, um, Andy from Blackville Brides. Um, we've got guys from Bless the Fall and um, a gentleman from uh, We Came as Romans. And so all these guys, you know, started telling their stories. And we've basically, the, the way that the module set up is each step has um, an interview from one of these band guys and they're kind of you know saying okay mm-hmm. for example jared was bullied when he was a kid um to like severely bullied um to the point where he was trying to walk different paths to school um didn't want to you know really eat in the cafeteria didn't want to go to school and it really changed who he became and the way that he communicates to people and uh, what he thought of himself and so let's say you know we use that that particular interview for step one, which is the wound. So basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to make the kid that's going through the step process think about, well, okay, what's a wound? You know, 
What's something that wounded you when you were younger? What's something that, you know, was detrimental that actually changed the course of your life and the way that you thought about yourself and how you've, you know, built um, coping mechanisms and um, habits, you know, and formed this this inner belief of who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of break down what a wound is. I explain, you know, um, my parents went through a divorce. That was a big wound for me. And we kind of have a tabletop discussion with myself, Ben, and Nate, who worked for me, and Ben's wife. Uh-huh. And so we all discuss it, and we talk about, you know, um, Jared's wound and his story. Um, and then there's a, t- uh, a workbook. And so for each step, there's about, I think, 10 to maybe 10 to 15 questions. And the kid can then, you know, go through those questions and answer them. Um, and so really just to try to equip the, uh, the viewer um, with the tools to recognize what's been in their life. And, and so we go from, you know, each step is the same process. Uh, then we have a, a professional counselor who also gives her input at the end of each step, you know, kind of giving her professional opinion. Um, and that too, also, you know, she's a female and and so we have Emily. So, you know, one of my biggest things is that, you know, I want, you know, women to do this just as much as I want men to do this. So it was really nice to have Emily at the table to, you know, talk about girl problems and, you know, I won't lie. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that we were talking about was really deep and really intimate and personal and, um, you know, at times could be very uncomfortable, but it's all for the sake of the viewer so that they can see, you know, like, Hey, you know, you were sexually assaulted. I mean, that's a serious thing. And that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about, you know, um, maybe surface level things right now. We're talking about really mm-hmm. deep wounded things. So, you know, it's been really great. The bands have been very supportive and helpful. Um, you know, and then we sell it for right now. It's, uh, at the end of this week, it's going to go up in price, but it's $25 for the, um, for the whole, for the whole program. And we've already had, um, what did that get you? 10 minutes with a therapist? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, probably. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's our way of a keeping our word. Mm-hmm. We said that we wanted to unite the scene. This is one way that we're doing it. Um, two, that's what I think is real. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt no, your no. numbered points there. Go, go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that it stands out to me because you know, it's, there's so much positivity, like general positivity is almost something that I don't even ascribe to or ever really enjoy like this stuff where it feels like vaguely motivational for instance mm-hmm. and so heart support's a very positive place and it's really cool that there's actually something concrete here right that, that's not just you can do it we believe in you there's hope which right. i think those things aren't true but i find them overdone to the point where sometimes i resist general positivity but here you have something that sounds like a real program where you you know you said you want to do it unite the scene do stuff for people and you put it into a con concrete uh kind of thing here so that Mm -hmm. to me is like uh you know rubber meeting road glad to see it right well there's a few there's a few and you're right there's a few reasons why we did that i mean uh one we wanted to keep our word two you know we really um wanted to give these kids the next step i mean you know if if we're if you're going to sit down and talk to somebody about being sexually assaulted that's a that's a serious thing that's not a joke and just for them to be able to unveil that and vent and and openly talk about it is um our thought the first step of finding healing okay so that's what heart support is i mean it's a community where you can talk about that kind of thing right Mm -hmm. so then we're like okay cool so then what can we offer them to get the next step right you know because maybe kids can't afford therapy maybe they can't afford counseling maybe they don't want to because it's an adult or someone that they don't respect or someone that 
hasn't gained authority in their lives to speak on the situation. So what can we offer these kids? And the restore program is that next step. Um, it took us five months to acquire all the interviews, to acquire all of the, you know, the step process. And um, I believe his name is Tom Ramsey, Ram- Ramsey, Ramsey, um, that we modeled the, 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 the process from, and obviously That's we Dave. gave him, Dave. Say what? It's Dave. Dave Ramsey. It's all about finances. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it's not Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, we credit him, obviously, for, um, you know, giving us the, 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 the foundation of the direction that we wanted to go. But, you know, um, really spending all that time for, for this uh, product to be something tangible. And then it brings, obviously, um, depth to the community, to heart support. So that what I'm saying to people, because, you know, all right. First off, it's not fun asking people for money. Um, it's a challenge. And it's funny because people are going, well, you're a touring musician, you know, like, don't you have money? And it's like, well, okay, first off, I don't take a salary from heart support. I've never, I never have. Um, and the money that goes to heart support is going, you know, strictly to that. And, um, you know, we put in all this time and effort, so we need something to give to these donors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had the money to bring us to all the places that we want to be, trust me, I'd do it. I've already invested my own money, obviously, starting this thing up. But um, so it, it, instead of being like, hey, we have a community, we want you to donate so that these kids can talk to each other and be encouraged and, you know, all of these videos and blogs and everything. Now it's like, hey, look, um, here's something that carries a little more weight that's like to the next level and um, is something that you can even take and go through on your own, you know, mm-hmm. for your own sake. And, um, so there's a lot of benefits from, from the restore program. Yeah. I don't, you don't have to apologize for charging $25 for something that takes a ton to do. I, in fact, as a nonprofit, I think more nonprofits ought to be involved in something that generates money as instead of just simply asking for money. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a positive thing. And I think churches ought to take you know note of that. For instance, they have all those, the spaces and all these resources, but they very rarely use it to earn money. They just, you know, they want the money to come in, but mm-hmm. to, to, you know, put out products and services that are for service and, you know, follow the rules, of course, of a nonprofit. I think that's a good thing for a, something you want to give to, to show that they do good things and even add their own money and, and provide stuff, you know, in the meantime, so that they can work. I think that's an admirable thing to be able to do something with a market value of some, of some amount. Yeah. Well, th- this is the thing too, man, is like, you know, and I'm not going to name any names because I don't like to do that, but, um, you know, there's some nonprofits out there, you know, and they're, and they're making a lot of money. They're making mm-hmm. a lot of money and you go, okay, cool. So like, what do you do? They're like, well, we spread awareness on this subject matter. Okay, cool. Like, so, um, what else do you do? Well, we have a couple hope lines and, 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 or, you know, conversation lines and phone calls, you know, that kids can call in to talk about, talk to somebody okay, cool. Like, so do we, you know what I mean? it's like, so, so what else do you really do? Because you're making all this money and I see you promoting yourselves a lot, but like, what's so different about you and all these other places. And, um, what, what I guess kind of frustrates me and you guys know that I can get pretty, uh, pretty hopped up, um, is the fact that anybody can say, Hey, there's a problem, you know, there's a high suicide rate or, Hey, you know, there's breast cancer. Um, uh, you know, women are having breast cancer. Okay. Yeah. That's a bad thing. No, we want that thing to go away. Right. We don't want people killing themselves and we definitely want to help with, um, research on, on breast cancer. Correct. 
Yeah, good. Okay. But then what are you, what else are you giving? What are you, what else are you doing? Are you, are you creating, um, a formula of, of medication or, you know, something like mm-hmm. that for breast cancer? Are Awareness you, is certainly the easiest thing to, to do. Yeah. You're well, passing just, out you a know, flyer. I want you to and you're know making, it exists. <laughs> right. It's like, and you're making money, but you're not really doing anything about it. And for me, that's, 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 that's robbery. I think you're a thief. I think you're, I think you're a thief. Um, because you're not producing anything to actually help the cause itself. You're just telling somebody about it. And, you know, we're, you know, talk is cheap and everybody talks. I don't care about that. I want to see, I want to see you produce something. I want to see change, you know? And so obviously we're going to do more of these programs. Um, if we can get the funding, we want to do three more, um, and build a series out of this thing. And we're already seeing that it's, you know, helping change, um, kids lives. So, uh, that's what I want to encourage nonprofit organizations is like, Hey, you know, if you're really serious about, you know, doing something, let's not just talk about it, but let's, let's act and, and take action and, you know, and build and, and, and heal, you know, for sure. So how is it, how is it working? So with all these bands, I mean, like, for example, a kid, I'm sure you get this all the time though. Um, like somebody just comes up and goes, Jake, I mean, what you, you, you know, I think on the last podcast, you talked about your parents and stuff like that, but what, what do you tell kids about like, like personally, like just opening up and since they're like, what, you know, what do you know about it, man? You're Grammy nominated and in a killer band and your life is so good and my life is shit and yours is awesome. I mean, like how, how do you relate to those people? What do you tell, how much do you reveal personally about your life? What, what, you know, like struggles that you're having today? You know, I try to be fairly transparent. Um, with kids. I mean, that's kind of the whole thing. It's like, you know, you've got to be open. Um, if you're wanting someone to be open with you. Um, so generally, you know, speaking, I'll, I'll ask questions. Uh, you know, it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, why would you, why would you think that my life is so grand and that I don't have problems? You know, I mean, the misconception and the the way that you're perceiving me. Um, and you know, I'm, (laughs) it's funny because I'm, I'm pretty transparent on my social media as well. I don't know if you guys, um, know this or not, but I just recently posted a photo of my, me and my ex-wife and, um, you know, you, 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 you're divorced now. Yeah. mm -hmm, Yeah. Just, um, just this past year. And, uh, man, yeah, that was tough. Very, very tough. That's since last time we talked to you, right, Jake? Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, Mm -hmm. so then that was like a really tough year then. So like 2015 with all this great band stuff and all this stuff, that was really tough. Yeah. Unbelievably, uh, tough. But, um, but God's good. So, uh, yeah, I ended up, you know, basically, um, being really transparent on, on social media and letting people, you know, um, I wanted to bring some closure to that, you know, um, what did you post? It was basically a photo of Chris and I, my ex-wife and basically just saying like, Hey, look, we, we both, um, uh, have decided to separate, you know, I mean, things just weren't working out and, um, we're amicable and, you know, um, friendly with one another. We just feel like that was the best decision for us to make. And, um, you know, there's obviously internals that no one knows about and mm-hmm. no one's going to know about because, um, I don't want to bring for me personally, I don't want to bring any type of shame, uh, to my ex-wife. I think that she's a beautiful person. I think that she's got a great heart and I would never want to put her in a position, uh, to where she would be, um, hurt in any way, uh, emotionally or even physically due to me, you know, saying something, um, about her. So, you know, I actually, I called her and I said, Hey, Chris, uh, you know, I want to make this post on social media and, 
I think it's time. And I know that you've been getting harassed. And I, I was getting harassed by fans like, where's your wife? And, and mm-hmm. you know, well, uh, I haven't seen any posts from her lately. And I don't see you posting any her, you know, just like really just digging into information. That's really not a business. Yeah. And I said, you know, and she was getting harassed by fans. And so I said, look, you know, let's leave this in 2015. Um, so, you know, can you do me a favor? Can you find a photo um, that you, that you feel like you look really good in and that we look, you know, um, uh, good in or whatever. And, and then, and then, you know, help me write the caption for it so that you feel comfortable um, and you feel like that's an appropriate way to, um, express and make this public. And we did just that, you know, and we, I prayed with her and I was like, Hey, look, you know, let me, you know, pray and ask God to, you know, really bring some grace here because, you know, there's a lot of religious people. Um, there's a lot of, you know, people just like to hate on people and it happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kids did come in. Um, a lot of them, yeah. I would say 95% of them were very loving and saying, Hey, we're praying for you. We're, um, for both of you guys, we wish the best. And it was really nice. Um, uh, but there were a few people that goes, oh, till death do us part. I guess that didn't happen. And one kid was said something like, well, that didn't last very long. And, you know, I mean, kids are just, you know, the people sure. um, don't really understand, you know, what they're doing until they're, they, they're finished doing it. But, what, you know, it's, it's things like that that I can share um, respectfully uh, from, my, from my ex-wife and, um, you know, and tell these kids like, hey, look, you know, like, just because I know Jesus, just because I'm in this band, just because, you know, I run a, yeah. um, a, a ministry or, you know, a, a fitness clothing line does not mean that I don't have problems, you know, and, and yeah. uh, that's called life. And, you know, so, you know, what we're supposed to do is, um, well, for me as a, as a man of God, you know, really give those things over to God, trust in him, find my identity in him and, and really um, give those things up and, and then just walk and just keep walking, you know, um, um, you know, there's, there's times where everyone has to suffer, um, because it's part of life and, and life is really messy, but I can share those things with these kids and I can, um, you know, and, and then that way there brings this common ground of respect for me and for the kid. And that's where the relationship can, can grow. And, you know, for me, when I talk to kids, you, you know, you ask me like, well, how do you respond to them? The thing that I enjoy, the thing that I think is is important, especially if you want to talk about the gospel with anybody, because that's ninety percent of the time. A lot, I mean, God's so involved in my life. Um, you know, my response is going to probably have something to do with my faith. But I want to understand their environment. You don't ever want to take a kid that wants to be vulnerable and put them in your neighborhood or on your side of the street. You need to walk across the street and get to know where they're coming from, who they are, and how to how to talk to them. You know. Yeah. Um, so I've learned that through the years. Um, and that's what I do. I say, okay, you know what, let me, let me ask some more questions. Let me get to really understand your background a little and and where you're coming from. Um, and then now I can share the appropriate stories that you can, um, understand and, you know, kind of almost feel as well. And then we can walk through this together, you know, and now, now you know something about me that I know about you and we're equal, we're on the same level, and then we can, you know what I mean, go from there. Yeah, I really admire your, uh, you know, that I appreciate you talking about it on the podcast, and also that you... Oh, we're recording you, right now? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I'm glad that you decided to do that, and so weird, this really one of the weirdest things, and man, I... We talk about stuff like that, and people being transparent all the time, and mm. we even talk 
you know, to be honest, I'm sure you know this. We talk poorly of di- of divorce very often. I often do, mm-hmm. um, and, but mm-hmm. none, none, but nonetheless, we're faced with the reality of it, and then it exists. And I think one of the weirdest and hardest things is, especially when you're in the public eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, side note, by the way, y'all saw that Derek Webb gave yeah, a bunch I of details that. about pretty, his finally. So there's obviously issues of timing and stuff like that. And of course, when one person has a large platform, it's not fair to drag another person into right. it. But the, it's mm-hmm. just the hardest thing because. In order to respect somebody else, then it leaves you having to say general vagaries like we just decided it mutually that it wasn't the best, which sounds mm-hmm. like you're saying, I don't know, it was like a rough three weeks and we just figured, hey, let's do something else. And of course, there's more to it than mm-hmm. that. But then it would require you going into some amount of details that are not appropriate. And it just make, it makes it sound like mm-hmm. you took it lightly. When I'm, If you know a person, you know, well, certainly that's not the case. Right. Then... You, you know, and it just, you can understand why people have weird reactions and kids would say stuff, especially when you're in the public light, especially when you run a support website, especially all that stuff. So, you know, well, that's, that's where people get misconceived. Um, and that's called worship and that's their problem, not mine. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to look at something, a perfect example, you know, um, there's a guy, uh, you know, Mark Driscoll. Okay. I respect him and I still, uh, you know, he was my my pastor on on tour for for a while. You know, I loved his podcast. They were very convicting to yeah. me. They really, you know, made me think um, things and uh, you know think through things and um, and it and he really deepened my relationship with Jesus as far as who Jesus was and all this stuff. Now, you know, he made some mistakes. Okay, he's a human being, but you know, a ton of people left. None of them. Uh, a lot of people didn't support him after you know things came out, and it's like, well. The problem is, is that you are worshiping Mark Driscoll, right? And then once you find out that he's not perfect, you're out. You know what I mean? And and that's you shouldn't be doing that in the first place. You know what I mean? Um, and it's funny because the Christians are so grace, 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 mercy, mercy, mercy hmm. on me. Uh, forgive me, God, forgive me, God, re- re- redeem me, you know, and all this other stuff. They're always asking for transformation. They're always asking for Jesus to to come in their lives and change them. Right. There's all this grace and love. But then all of a sudden, Mark Driscoll, you know, messes up. And I don't know all the ins and outs, but then you see tons of people just desert him. And I didn't know that that's what Christ would do in such a a situation. And so, you know, when you see that religiosity come to you, you just recognize it for what it is and you move on. You know what I mean? Uh, You know, when I was getting, you know, these religious uh, comments bashing me about, you know, divorce as well. You know, if I told you the whole story, you know what I mean, and um, really opened up about it, I think you would probably understand. Or if you were in my shoes or her shoes, you would be able to really um, get a better understanding. You wouldn't be so quick right. to judge, right? Yeah, of course, it wasn't something you would take lightly. And to your previous point, I would probably be in the camp of people you would say that didn't stay or left Mark Driscoll. I was, I've been there for ten years, so. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder on the other side of that, though. We can't use Christianity as a veil to have people be uh, uncriticizable or unaccountable either. No, no, I I agree. Uh, it seems like with Driscoll, too, it was more of a he's not talking about it. So what else are we supposed to do? do well, we- I think here's the thing. Like, for example, right now on this podcast, we are talking to Christian dudes here. And here, here's the thing. Jake, let me ask you a, just a point blank question. Did you ever fuck up in your marriage? Oh yeah, totally. 100%. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Oh, Jake, well, hold Jake, on. What Jake, are you talking? Well, yeah, no, just I mean, I any was... mess up, any mess up. Not, oh, okay. Not, I, I, okay. You know, just did you did yeah. you ever mess up in your marriage 
hurt your wife's feelings, do the wrong thing. All that right. stuff. Of course, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Well, mm-hmm. My point is I have to. I've mm-hmm. really done some damage to my marriage in the past with, with things that my wife caught her off guard or whatever. So what I believe is if we can just be honest about that, we can say I, it doesn't bother me. Like Derek Webb, it, people are going to get divorced. That That's never, that's not, I, I believe while we're alive because we're humans, we're going to divorce each other. We're going to have problems with each other regardless of a marriage. Mm-hmm. We're going to get in fights. Mm-hmm. We're going to get in arguments. We're, we can't be around each other. I remember one of the best uh, sermons I thought Driscoll preached was when uh, uh, Jacob and Esau, when Jacob comes back and he goes, yeah, I'll follow you soon. And, and Driscoll said that, he, that sometimes you just got to tell people, yeah, I can't live near you <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he said, I mean, Jacob basically lied and said, yeah, I'll, I'll come and live in your, your town. And then he never did. He went the opposite way. It's okay to be careful. Like you're honoring your wife. And so you have to be on a certain level. And then maybe time passes and it's okay. Maybe time passes and you are, or maybe you're in a group and you, you know, your friends, you can reveal those things. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, like with Driscoll, I think the big issue there was so much stuff happened and everything was so guarded that everybody, then, then it just, that whole guarded aspect is what, what keeps people complaining or, or they can just say mm-hmm. whatever they want to without addressing it. And then everybody, mm-hmm. Driscoll ran, he, well, he left Seattle. People also left the church, all this stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. But I, I think the open and honest approach is, I'm not going to tell you everything, but I'm 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 not a great person either. Yeah, like you said, I thought that was a, a great a great point. People really do want to worship. I mean, they, people just are. We are built to worship, but we were built to worship Christ and God. We were, mm-hmm. you know, we that's who we're supposed to worship. But all these other things get us, and then you know, somebody with this has a great talent or a great gift. We just start worshiping them. Ultimately, they will let us down, and then then we just betray them. Then we just, right. then, then we get angry and hurt. And then right. it's about us and our anger. It's not even about the thing that they did. You know, a lot right. of people too, for sure. I mean, Mark Driscoll, he just fucked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, one of, for sure, greatest pastors I've ever heard preach sermons. I mean, yeah. still, I mean, I, I, I still would listen to his sermons. I thought he broke down the Bible better than most people. But I think if he could have just said, wait a minute, I'm just Mark. I'm not this this thing or whatever, and I just I'm gonna mm-hmm. do this just like you're saying right, right now. Like, like, look, I'm just Jake. Of course, you never planned when you married Chris to divorce her. That was never your intention, right? Like, you know, of course, all the, all these things that happened, that's not what you wanted. So why would right. we assume? Oh, well, you're lying or whatever. Just uh, you know, we got to give people a little bit of space to figure things out and then kind of go from there. But mm-hmm. I think open yeah. and honest, figuring that stuff out is the way to go for sure. But you're right, right. man. People want to worship. I do too. It's so yep. easy. Well, we'll put, we'll put a I put a differentiation of the way Jake is and the way Mark is. Do you guys want to support Mark now, for instance? Well, here's the thing. I would have to say if I sat in a room with him, I'd probably be blown away and he probably would That's true. It would probably be a great conversation, but I believe the way things went down, the way he handled the situation at Mars Hill was bad. For sure. And having been on the inside, worked there, yeah. that wasn't good. But also, I mean, I'm first person to say everybody screws up. Yeah, of course that. That's not the issue. Maybe he should yeah. be a pastor. That's what I'm saying. I, if, if things could be clarified and brought out in the open a little bit, I think I'd be totally okay with it. The, the, so Jake, have, have, with all these uh, folks slamming you and you mm-hmm. know, just... Being well, it's not, that's what's funny too. It's not. It's probably not all. Like he said, it's probably ninety five percent. probably supports you, and then that five, the right. the vocal minority is just crazy. But did they did <laughs> they throw at you? Well, you know, too bad. Any relationship you pursue now is going to be adulterous. There's nothing you can do about it, sort of thing. Have you gotten that one? No, I haven't gotten that one actually. Um, I do. I do real quick want to just before we move on, which which is fine sure. by me. I just want to speak on that Mark Driscoll thing. I think that. Yeah. Um, what I've realized in my life is that a man is most teachable when he's um, most vulnerable. Uh, like that dude got stripped. His empire got stripped from underneath his feet. Yeah. He got humbled. Like 
insanely quick. And I, I don't know the in, ins and outs. And I, and I really honestly, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care to sh- talk about it. But that guy got everything stripped away from him. He spent 14 years building his ministry, his church, this mega church. He, you know what I mean? And then he just got everything stripped away. And when I've had some situations in my life where, you know, God's going, hey, you know, we're going to put this aside right now. Um, we're going to take this away. Because, um, you know, there was a point for me, I'll share this because, uh, you know, um, you know, when I was going through the divorce that I was really, really, really depressed and I was really, 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 really ashamed and I was really, 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 really embarrassed. And I, and it was um, just pain. You know, it's just painful. Um, it was just waking up every day in pain and in sorrow and in mourning. And um, at that point, I had to tell, you know, because I'm the CEO founder of Heart Support. I had to tell them, I said, look, Ben, Nate, I need you guys to man the ship because I'm wounded, man. I can't love anybody. I don't even love myself right now. I can't. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. there's nothing there for me to be able to do that. And then I was off tour for like two months at this point. So I'm not on tour. Right. And then I'm not a husband. Right. Because I'm going through yeah. a divorce. So, um, at this point, God kind of in my, in my mind and the things that I saw and the way that I felt he was talking to me, he started pulling all this stuff away. He goes, okay, so you're not in the band right now. Cause that doesn't exist for two months. You're not a, a husband anymore. Right. You're not okay, and these are all things that I identify myself in. He goes, right. and 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 you're not, you know, you're not um, the the leader of a, of a ministry right now, right? Because now we're taking six months off of that. So now, who are you? Now, what are you worth? Now, what do you believe about yourself? And let let me let me build you back up. You know, let me let's walk together. Now that I've got all these things um, out of your mind and, and away from your heart, um, now you can. And you're extremely vulnerable. I was extremely vulnerable. I had no foundation. I had nothing to walk on. Everything was gone. So mm-hmm. that's when um, God, you know, was able to really get passionate, intimate, and personal with me, mm-hmm. and has, you know, really done a lot of work in my life since that point. You know, um, yeah, that all sounds right. But in my understanding and belief, that is not what Mark has experienced. He doesn't. I don't believe that that he and you have a parallel experience that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the information. I just. I just, um, I think that when men are the most vulnerable, they're the most teachable. And I, so I feel like if he truly is understanding, feeling the impact of, you know, the significance and the the magnitude of what happened to him, Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that there are men that don't abandon him, that there are men that are willing to stick it out and say, you know, you really are a true friend and we all make mistakes and let me help you. Let me guide you so that you can, um, you know, have comfort and, and, um, a little bit of strength here so that God can rebuild you and, and redeem you. And I think that, um, just like anything else, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I mean, think about, you know, all the stuff that we've gone through, how much, um, we've learned from our, our mistakes and our experiences. I think he would come back even stronger and more humble, you know, not pointing the finger at the young men anymore. And he would change, he would be molded. And I feel like he would have an even more intimate, more deeper, more passionate relationship with Jesus. And, and that I think is the key foundation of any pastor. We can all preach the gospel, but if we don't understand his love and find our identity in it, it's all just words and it's all just misconception and, 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 um, manipulation because, you know, we're men. So if there's something on my heart that I haven't given to God and I haven't found healing over, I'm going to use that, that energy, that thought process, that those feelings are going to still be in me. And then when I preach the gospel to somebody about something, or talk about Jesus in a certain way, I am going to definitely influence the scripture 
you know, it's, I'm going to taint it. I'm going to put my flavor on it, my spin, my, my, you know, um, I think that that's with any pastor. So I think that, you know, again, if he can be rebuilt, um, and have a stronger relationship with Jesus, I think he'd be 10 times better pastor than he, than he was. So now, now I have to announce you every time I talk about you as Grammy award winning, Mark Driscoll supporting. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think what Jake's saying is if he can be rebuilt, which I agree with, I I think the way he left Marcel was wrong. We know tons of inside information and uh, all that stuff, having been there and been on the inside. So Jake does, it doesn't isn't privy to a lot of that stuff. But what I'm saying is, I I believe the same, Matt, you even agree with that. If Mark Driscoll was to be broken and, and rebuilt, you would think he would be should be a pastor. That's a big if. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, no, no. Of course, it's a big if. But what I'm saying is, nothing's a big if with God. That no. sounds so cheesy. Right. So it's, to me, it's still a future. If. I'm just saying, to word. me, it's still a future. Put <laughs> that on a T-shirt and sell that at badchristian.com, please. Please put that on badchristian.com. Oh my god. I like god. that idea. But you hear what I'm saying? To me, it's a future if. Is from my yes. point of view. That's I see what I'm you're saying. saying. I totally understand. Anyway, all right, man. We've been on here for a while. Let's let Jake go. But uh, Jake, tell us one more time the name of, of the new stuff that's going down at HeartSupport. Yep, it's uh, called the Restore Program, and uh, you can get that at HeartSupport.com/backslash/restore. And uh, it's right now it's twenty five bucks. But by the time you hear this, I believe it's going to be up to forty nine ninety nine. Awesome. All right, okay. sweet. Thanks, Jake, cool. man. Thanks for coming on again, dude. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you guys. Have a good night. All see right, you, see you, buddy. All right, that was Jake Lurkers, everybody. Wow, that was a good interview. Yeah, nice to have uh, Jake on. What do you think in podcast terms we're at at the interview level? Like, are we like the fourth best interviewers in all of podcasting? We are the fourth best interviewers of of Christian podcasts that say fuck. (laughs) We're in the top four of those. Definitely. (laughs) We might be the uh, number one in that one, actually. There's a podcast that actively uses the word fuck. We were talking about uh, cussing earlier in the podcast, but it's really funny because I think that's like every other Christian podcast just goes, oh, yeah, they cuss. Right. That's what everybody, oh, yeah, that's what they do. That's Their big thing is they cuss. Well, people want to know, too, about the um, when we bleep people, it freaks people out because they go, but do they cuss or do they don't? It's hilarious. All right, Matt, kick that music. In a world where at any moment something that you have worked on extremely hard and are super proud of, one of your oldest best friends could destroy it and destroy the podcast that you're doing it on. My name is Toby Morrell, oh, and this is The so Damn witty. News. That's so witty. Good job with that. Um, my first news oh. is for you, and, and it's from a roving oh. reporter. Yeah. Joshua Chocklin sent some awesome news for you. It's, 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 it's bad news because it's going to reveal kind of where you're at in your life, but hopefully maybe things can change. You haven't revealed who the pronoun is right now. You've just said you a couple times. You're talking Joey. to me and Matt. Okay, He's you. looking at you. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Joey. Our listeners this comes from Tech Times. Joshua Chocklin, thank you so much. Our listeners cannot see Toby, he sent this. dumbasses. He sent this, and it's awesome for you. Okay, uh, now, you. it does say your current predicament of okay. why you're having such trouble with your kidneys. Okay, thank you. But... If we can help you, it might get better. Okay, thank you. Frequent sex can help clear kidney <laughs> stones. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, Priscilla, you you want to know how? No, no, no. Wait, wait, hold on. I think you're missing the point here. You have a you lot have of kidney stones. Kidney stones. So, so we can yeah, obviously yeah. derive. We you get it. Like you have, you've that. had kidney stones on the reg. What's on the reg? Regularly. Okay, whatever. You do. Kidney stones are caused by calcium buildup. 
There's calcium in sperm. Not it builds sperm up. Build there you up. go your stones. Patients with kidney stones come from <laughs> techtimes.com. Patients with kidney stones are advised to do the horizontal mambo at least three times a week to get rid of stones in the kidney or urinary tract. Oh. Turkish scientists found that men who have sex three to four times a week have more chances of instinctively discharging the stones via urination. Hmm. Matt, I definitely Matt, don't have you, that often. Matt, you got you got kidney stones? Never had a one. I never, I never had a kidney stone. Oh shit! You know what that means. I'm glad you believe everything you read on the internet. Researchers from Ankara Training and Research Hospital in Ankara, Turkey. I'm probably saying that wrong. Divided 75 male participants into groups. The first group was advised to complete the recommended thrice a week intercourse with their partners. The second group was given a drug named Tamoxifen. Formulated to improve urination, the third group received a typical treatment of the medical condition. Our results have indicated that the patients who have distal ureteral stones, that's what they call Joey, did I say that right? You, you're you very familiar with them. Uh, smaller than six millimeters and a sexual partner may be advised to have sexual intercourse three to four times a week to increase the probability of spontaneous passage of the stones. So here's the thing. Right. No matter what, we're going to help you out here. Okay. You have a clear clear pathway now to have a bunch of sex when you have a kidney stone like or all the time have sex while I'm having yeah or all the time when you or all the time when you prevent it but no matter what you can start with hey babe i got a kidney stone you know what the research says right we got to so i mean you need to have you sex three or four times a week yeah because right now it must be what Three or four times a decade. Well, I hate admitting this, but as a 38-year-old man, I don't know if I can even keep up with it. I know. That sounds almost bad. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> 18-year-old no, I'm saying Joey it's, it's, and 18-year-old Toby would kick our asses if I'm we say, said that. I'm saying it's horrible to admit that, but I don't know if I can keep up. So That's you're saying, I'm relieved and thrilled to hear you all huh? say that. <laughs> so you're telling me... To, Three and three plus a week is n- not interesting, nor your current pace. <laughs> no, no, I, I would say any sex is interesting, <laughs> but being able to um, accomplish that. No, is- I, I'd say it's on the side of not interesting because, like, here's the thing: <laughs> really after you, after you knock it out, right? Say it, say it's a nice Sunday evening and you knock it out. Did you just call your wife an it? Knock it out. No, it being sex after okay. you knock out sex. The next night, don't you want to just Netflix and chill, or just yeah, what if she makes next night? She makes chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, you, you know, maybe you go to bed early. Doesn't that sound really good too? Of course. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't want to take. I don't want to steal the awesomeness of well, those there's, things. There's two things <laughs> in that bed go early, into play getting there. comfy. Yeah, two things going to play. One is that people, you, the older you get, there's some switch here at some point. It's got to be. I'm gonna guess in the, somewhere in your 30s, it slows down and you don't feel that whatever that need is, it definitely biologically goes away. And then also a lot of people carry over the macho thing where if you're going to talk about or admit it to other people that, you you know, you're always going to increase your frequency boastfully or carefully to not look bad or feel bad or be embarrassed or insecure or whatever. So not a lot of men will soberly look at you and say, well, I'm not that interested or we do it sometimes or whatever. So don't right. feel bad if you're in the you know once a year category. Totally normal. Well, I don't, I don't think your Jess birthday. mind me saying this. I hope she doesn't. <laughs> oh, uh, Lord. But we were going to one time. We decided, hey, let's try and have sex every day for like a month. Oh, yeah. We've- and we made it two days. <laughs> 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 and it just, by the third day, I, here, here's the problem with it. At that point, it felt like just something I had to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like we were super turned on or romantic. I mean, because here's the truth. As you get older, maybe everything gets less. But I, I don't necessarily feel... 
super less about, I don't feel less sexual necessarily, but I do feel like, man, I got so much responsibility in life and the kid, man, we just laid down the kids and this is the first time I got to sit down and now I got to go do something else. Sometimes I feel that way. And so, mm-hmm. and I think she feels that way too. And and so I think it's okay. I'm realizing too, part of that is probably the porn culture that we've had where you just think, oh, everybody wants it all the time and everybody's getting laid all the time and to turn down sex or not be as super blown away by having sex right now is a bad thing or something, but it's not like, I love all, all the things about my wife and that's just one thing. So I don't think it needs to probably now I'll probably regret that because she'll listen to this podcast and I'll be horny two nights from now and not get yep. any, but yeah, hopefully but did you that know, won't happen. Uh, we, we, we tried the same thing. We tried to do a 21 day challenge and I think we made it to like 11 or 12. Or wow. Something like that. So we did a it's better very good. job than you guys, but my, uh, have you heard that scientifically the more sex you have, the higher your sex drive does go. So it's just like the, really? the higher frequency. Yeah, because your body gets used yep. to having that routine release. And so it desires it more. That makes so sense. honestly, for, during those 11 for, for days, help, did you have kidney stones? Huh? Did you have kidney stones during those 11 days? I don't remember. It could have been. I don't uh, think you did. I don't think you did. Okay. I'm just trying to keep it real. Another roving reporter, Robin Abasol, sends this in. And I thought this was interesting because... We've talked about it before, but this, like my infatuation, first of all, with TBN, and I also kind of infatuated with Kirk Cameron and Ray Comfort. <laughs> what well, I am. Good. That's the truth. What? That is awesome. I just, I, something about these people just draw me in. I mean, I just, I can't get away from it. It's like the best entertainment. It just, I feel creepy. I feel weird. I'm like, am I wrong? It gives me every emotion. Um, this comes from Tech Insider. <laughs> A waiter was annoyed after his $20 tip turned out to be a Bible pamphlet. <laughs> oh, gosh. I saw Ray this. Comfort gives those. That's the Ray Comfort's big thing. He goes, the, the, the million-dollar bill. bill. Here's a million-dollar bill. And, you know, anyway, 17-year-old Garrett Wayman, who works as a waiter at a restaurant in a suburb of Wichita, Kansas, said he was excited on Tuesday to see a $20 bill tucked under a ketchup bottle as a tip. But on closer ex- inspection, his excitement turned to irritation after he said he realized the tip was a fake. A customer had really left Wayman a religious pamphlet disguised to look like money that re- recommended he seek faith through Jesus Christ and start reading the Bible. Uh, and then they show pictures of it. But anyway, the 17 year he said, I'm 17 years old, $7,000 in debt because I had to buy myself a car juggling full-time school and working seven days a week, getting a $20 tip at the restaurant I work at is very, very rare. I was super happy, but I was fooled. What a terrible, terrible witness. Like, I mean, what it, you couldn't get worse for Christianity than, yeah, not leaving a tip and telling somebody that this, that they need Jesus like right. that, like that would even, I mean, in fact, I would, if I was a non-believer, just definitely not, definitely not believe then right yeah of course i mean it's what what could you have left that would have been worse a a turd i mean seriously (laughs) no because you'd know to avoid a turd it wouldn't be a trick you'd say yuck a turd stay away yeah and and it makes everybody i'm sorry it would be worse if you left him a snickers bar but it's actually shit inside the wrapper so he thought it was chocolate and then found out that it was a turd that's the only thing that could be worse yeah, I mean, he posted on Twitter, and then everybody's just going off on how stupid these people are and terrible. I'm sure by Christians these people, feel the same. they mean other what? Christians us and other Christians. Yeah, and, but I mean, I'm sure Christians feel the same way. Y'all don't like that. Y'all think that whoever did that's stupid. And yeah. also, you know what's really hilarious? It could have easily been just some nerdo 15-year-olds mm-hmm. that are just pulling a prank. But if it's still, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Get rid of all the fake 
$20 bill Christian pamphlets. You know, the, the get rid of all of them because somebody's going to use it for evil. Well, it's right. the main thing that gives non-Christians the opportunity to, to blast us or have blanket or stereotyping thoughts about all of us, which is really the main problem. And, I'm, you know, I understand why. Yeah. And I thought this was really interesting, but I was listening to the Serial Podcast, the second season yeah. with Bo Bergdahl. And he was talking about how they, because, you know, we've got an easy stereotype of Muslims. In fact, we've got a real easy stereotype about radical Islam and stuff like that. And so right. they, one of the things that he kept saying that, that she was showing in, that, in one of the episodes was that they think of him as dirty and bad and gross, you know, because of his religion and because he's not pure uh, and stuff. So they really take that stuff seriously. They won't eat off the plate that he used, even if they wash it, and they're just disgusted by him. And so... One time he was there, and an older guy who was a, a you know, an Al Qaeda guy, and one of the radical Islam people we call terrorists, corrected the two young guards and said, "No, no, no, he's not that. He's not different than us." He says, "Go bring me his bread and put go take." They said, "Take a piece of his bread, put it in his mouth, and bring it back to me, and, and I'll put it in my mouth." And then he put it in his mouth and ate it and said. God made him just like He made you, and He made me, and he explained all this stuff about how He's just like us, and a bunch of stuff like that. And that's a guy in radical Islam wow. mixed up over in there. So it's real interesting. It really humanized their point of view. So it's a lot, you know, if you if you understand this, that maybe the ones that get the most attention are, are you know, the ones the the poor behaving ones are the ones that often make the stereotypes of Muslims. Then the same is true with Christians. So. That's that's the unfortunate thing is a as a normal or moderate or caring or loving Christian doesn't make a Twitter meme or story or or something like that. But same thing. Huh. So it's kind of cool. But anyway, this one's for Matt. Matt, four new elements have been added to the periodic table. Oh, you knew that nice. already? No, I didn't. But they add they add them. You know, I didn't know that. Periodic, thought... Periodically, pardon the pun. Yeah, they, <laughs> four new elements have been permanently added to the periodic what table after, after their discoveries. No, they're at one twenty something, aren't they? Were verified by the Global Chemistry Organization that oversees the table. The International Union of Pure and Applied Chemistry (IUPAC) last week announced the elements one thirteen, one fifteen, one seventeen, and one eighteen. You were right at the beginning have met its criteria for discovery, making them the first elements to be added to the periodic table since since you know what year. No, the 80s, 90s. 2011. Oh, so yeah, They're, they do it all the yeah. time. They keep going th- through them, yeah. So it here's used to I, be at 109, I remember that. Yeah, all four man-made elements currently have placeholder names and will be officially named over the next mm-hmm. few months, which is really cool. I, I didn't know that. Like When they say, uh, Matt, this mm-hmm. shows you how dumb I am about this. A man-made element seems like they would use other elements and then it would become an element. Is that how that works? Well, like, that's what it, uh, well an element, all, the only thing that distinguishes an, an element is the amount and location of the subatomic particles. So neutrons and protons in the nucleus and then amount of electrons orbiting. So if you can force an extra couple of protons, if you can force one new proton to exist even temporarily or for a microsecond inside a nucleus, then you've created a new element. that's, That's the definition of an element. Hydrogen has one proton and one electron. And then you add to that and you get helium. So as long as you can cause it to be stable just for, even for a split second that there are more protons and neutrons in, in the center, in the nucleus, then you have created a new element. I heard that oxygen and magnesium were going out, and I was oh. like, OMG. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, you could have came back with, you can take all your bad chemistry puns and bury them. And bury them. 
And that's the damn truth. <laughs> that was the damn truth. Joey, thank you for not really destroying it today. Yeah, I thought it was a really I tell good you, job. Usually, like, I mean, you're, you know, you spill over your pants, your attitude spills over into my news. But, I mean, today, you are on fire. Well, it's because I was holding out for this, and that is that these folks, you have contributed to this podcast, and we want to thank you for going to badchristian.com forward slash contribute and saying, you know what? I want to give some of my hard-earned cash to these three bozos because, you know what? I just want to. And that's Casey Dolan, Lick My Blue Balls, <laughs> Samantha Thomas. That is a real one, too, yeah. for people that don't know. that's not, I didn't come up with that. Yeah. Samantha Thomas, Jed Payne, Daniel Smith, Michael Lehman, Josh Tolson, Ryan Smith, John Gold, that's G-O-U-L-D, Mary Beth McCauley, Justin Smith, Christopher R. Berseth, Clayton Waters, and the famous unprecedentedly multifaceted, well-rounded individual, Eric Nowicki. 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 What a great job, Joey. Thank you for reading off those names. Hey, right. And yeah, thank, thank you, you guys for, for joining the BC Club. And thank you for this naming them, Joey. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Well, I just want people to know uh, we've been talking about the things that we are doing and the people that are supporting us um, and the things that we're doing and your money is going to be well spent, I think. Oh, wait, no. It's going to be terribly spent. Maybe that's what I should say. But we are going to be doing things with it and taking chances and experimenting. And some of that's going to spill out into trying to come to your town and get to do some get-togethers, trying to potentially form new, I don't want to call them churches, maybe get-togethers stuff. But I, Joey and I have been talking a ton about doing stuff, and we will need your support. But we want to change the landscape a little bit and so that is where money will head eventually and matt doesn't even know basically what we're talking about right now (laughs) (laughs) he's like damn i just want my check yeah i get my one third regardless y'all do what you want to do with (laughs) y'all but i really want to say that uh it was really funny sitting there in church today um at all staff and the first song they sang was one of joey's favorite songs this beating heart and the first line is, there's something inside of me uh, that knows there's surely more than this. And I went, hmm, nothing. And I, it's so crazy, but the whole message and stuff was about the future and actually taking a leap. And our church is going to be taking some chances and leaps at Seacoast. And I think it's probably time, too, for Bad Christian to do some things like that as well. And so there's going to be a lot coming up in 2016 for sure. So tell your friends, help us join the, the BC Club. It, every dollar counts for sure. Definitely. But... Hide your kids, hide your wives, for sure. Oh, yeah. Can you get off your meds for the next podcast? What kind of meds are you talking All, about? How many meds do you take these days? Um, I'm on, I have blood pressure medicine because medicine I inherited it. Today we're sitting pressure. at church and Joey goes, oh, shoot, I forgot to take my blood pressure medicine. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.